On the Freds with me, your host, Alex Doherty of A to Z Sports. And I'm here with Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. Well, we were just talking about how long of a week it's been. It's been quite a week for me, and I'm sure Sean has had a lot of things going on as well. Um, we're going to try to talk about the Predators. Uh, we're going to talk, we have a pretty cool topic we're going to talk about today. But um, first, someone someone did something to your trailer, Sean? Yeah, yeah, we had a, we, we have our, our camper parked at a storage facility and i think i think somebody backed into it accidentally so so we're all gonna go hurt this guy no i I think i I know i know you to be a particularly violent and vengeful man so um it makes perfect sense that you of all people would say that but (laughs) no i think i think the guy's gonna do the right thing so that's Um, good Um, it's okay and i know that we've both been doing uh some various levels of sports um you you've been doing a lot of baseball right baseball and hockey yeah with with uh, well baseball with my son softball with my daughter and then hockey with my son as well yeah um i probably this this week alone since last we've spoken seen five five ball games and uh two That's a lot of ball five ball games, one hockey skating session, and then one hockey game. So, yeah. Well, amid all of the baseball, we are going to try to talk about some hockey. I think the this might be the worst part of the year to talk hockey, honestly, but when, when the season is still technically going on, but there's literally nothing happening with the National Predators, at least when the season ends, when the Cup is awarded – you like have, you know, you at least have some, some movement, some people talking about things that are not other than just, you know, the playoffs. Um, you, you have, you start looking, everyone starts looking to next year. And so you start thinking about, Oh, who could be traded? Who are the big free agents? Who's still left to, to sign? What about the RFAs? All that stuff happens right now. If your team is out of it, then it's like, this is, this is the worst time. So you're, we're kind you're of in purgatory. Some- yeah, you're exactly you're in this purgatory, you're in waiting room, just sitting around waiting for the next uh, section yeah. to open up. And so we're going to do something a little different today. I, I thought of this because I was thinking about um, contracts and where the Predators contracts are at. And so I thought we would talk about what will this Predators team look like in five years? So five years what? from now, it will be 2027. Oh, wow. And so the best way to think about this is like, instead of just thinking about who, who will be gone by then it's like, who is still going to be around or who, who might be, who might be on the opening night roster in 2027, 2028. So October of 2027, who's going to be on that opening night roster. So that's what we're going to tackle, but we're also going to tackle like other things. Like what's the vibe of the team by then in five years, what is the vibe of the Nashville Predators? of the fan base of the downtown arena of, of the, the, the general, like kind of what do people think about the Nashville predators in, in that five year or in five years in 2027. So um, I kind of, that's, that's what we wanted to, to, to talk about. So sound good. Sounds good to me. I, I'll tell you, um, I have a lot of, a lot of ideas about what the arena is going to look like. I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to talk about that. Um, 
I think it'll be interesting. And when you start speaking of the future, I, I really feel, you know, I always have felt like I've got a pretty good idea on what's going to happen in the future. Anyway, I successfully predicted the flying car that we all have now um, living in the clouds. Like the Jetsons was another one that I, I mentioned several years ago. And now we all of course live in the clouds and drive flying cars. Really? We don't drive them. We fly them. I am also bad at predicting uh, the future because I thought that the Nintendo Virtual Boy was going to be the best video game system on the planet because yeah. I bought one. Oh. And I don't even think it lasted six months before I was like, this is terrible. Um, were you able to use the Power Glove with that? No, the Power, no, power Glove was like, that was late 80s. I was like 89 or something. When was the Virtual Boy? Virtual Boy was 96 or 7. I oh. want to say 97. And oh, it was wow. around for about a year before it but got the boot. And huh. boy, you could not play it for longer than 30 minutes without getting a headache. So it was That's not bad. very much fun. Anyways, all that's to say, I'm not very good at predicting the future because when I got the Virtual Boy and I got Mario Tennis, which is a pretty big game at the time. And actually, Mario Tennis actually... Did did expand some parts of the of the of the uh, Nintendo universe. I mean, Mario Tennis is a pretty popular game now. It's on the Wii, at least I know. That started on the Virtual Boy. So there you go. So when at the uh, exit survey, when we ask people when they stop listening to this episode, they're going to say <laughs> during the Mario exactly. Tennis talk. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. So what does the National Predators team look like in five years? Okay. So here's here's the nitty gritty on terms of the roster. There's only one member of the Nashville Predators that will definitely be on that opening night roster. And I can say that very confidently because that person is Roman Yossi. And not only will he, he'll only be 35, which is like, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, he'll be 37. He'll be 37. My bad. He'll be 37. He will be in the final year of his current contract and he wow. has a no trade clause. So it seems to reason he's going to be around and maybe he's like, uh, it's like his swan song or whatever. Maybe it's his retirement, you know, his, just like Rene was last year. It's like his last year and maybe he doesn't announce it until the very end. Then he has a little final skate. So it's Roman Yossi's, well, maybe his last year in Nashville in 2027. Wow. Yeah. What, a, what a crazy thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, he'd be 37. I mean, I guess it's possible. Maybe he's still playing really well and, and kinds an extension or which is even crazier to think about. Or maybe he goes somewhere else, and if he hasn't won a cup by then, he wants to go in a cup. I don't know. But and um, I'm going to tell you this. He's still going to be remarkably handsome. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So he'll be he'll be around looking great, pl probably playing great. So Roman Yossi will be there. The other person that will be, shall we say, shall we, shall we say impact the night opening night roster – is one Mr. Kyle Turris. Oh. Because he will still get $2 million from the Nashville Predators to not play for them. So can, he won't be there unless he's sitting in the stands. I mean, he's he's always kind of going to be there. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of people want to write off the ghost of Kyle Turris. But, um, you know, just to say, like, which players from a few years ago do you think are going to be impacting this roster – Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 10 years down the road, if you'd said <laughs> Kyle Turris, I bet a lot of people wouldn't have believed you, but 
here we are um, yeah. <laughs> looking at there we go. looking at paying Kyle Turris $2 million for the foreseeable so future to in, not play in, hockey. In 2027, the Predators will be paying Roman Yossi and Kyle Turris a combined $11 million, but That's only right. having one of them on the ice. So, yeah. um, all right. Now, so the rest of this is obviously pure speculation. There's no telling what could happen, in, including the, the other big question going on right now is Philip Forsberg. If Philip Forsberg were to resign, he probably signs an $8 million deal, or I'm sorry, an eight-year deal, and so he would be around. So he would be, in, he would be on, on the roster in 2027, having, being in year five of this contract. Don't know what the value of that would be, but if he were around, and I would assume that means he has a no-trade deal, so – Probably. Anyways, I think it's safe to assume we're just kind of ignoring the Forsberg thing right now and assuming that he's either going to sign or not sign. And it, it, like somehow, somehow be he, his, his impact is really kind of unknowable as maybe even more unknowable than the rest of these. I so agree. Here's the, other, here's the rest of the roster. Let me just run down a few names here. I think the okay. goalie will be Yaroslav Askarov. Okay. He'll be, tw- he'll be 24 years old. So young. The top so line. I have no idea who the first line center is, but I think that the wingers probably could be like Tomasino, Afanasiev, maybe even like a Tanner Janot and Jakob Trennan if they're still here. At, they'll be 30 years old by then. Growing gray hairs. Wow. Yeah. That's it's really it's I think what's what's hard for me right now, Alex, I'm gonna be really honest with you is that we're, we're talking about the future and we're talking about players that we know, but we're talking about versions of themselves five yeah. years from now. And it's like, you know, I, I think it's, it's crazy to think about the future, but, you know, you hope that those players will continue to be impactful. You hope, you know, I, those are guys that I think, you know, you mentioned specifically Trennan, in yeah. Janot, and you think about the impact that they've had on on establishing. I'm going to use the word this team's identity. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw that out there. Everybody <laughs> likes that word these days. We'll talk um, about the coach, by the way, in a minute. But that, yeah. Well, but I'm, you know, you you hope that that is a sustainable situation for the team. You you, you kind of like that approach to the game moving forward. And you know, if if you talk about establishing something this past season, mm-hmm. um, I think it's reasonable to assume that that kind of stays established for a while as long as you have players that can buy into it. And those are definitely guys that set the tone. So it would be great to have them around in five years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that they'll probably be there. Um, the the one like other name that I think is definitely going to be there, assuming this person's not traded or, or whatever and, and, and signs a, a, the next contract, would be Cody Glass. So he would be the, you know, if things go like they should, Cody Glass could be your top line center. And maybe he's like a, a 60, 70, 80 point kind of player, good playmaking center, playing next to guys like Philip Tomasino and may, maybe an Afanasiev or maybe maybe if Tolvanen is still around for, and he's, you know, grown into a really good scorer again, maybe he's there, but. I think Cody Glass, Philip Tomasino, Igor Afanasyev, just based on where I see their development right now, I think they're going to be around, and I think that they're going to be signed too. And they'll be young. I mean, they'll be in the prime of their careers. Afanasyev would be 26, Glass would be 28, Tomasino would be, would be 25. So they'd be in the prime of their years. They'd be on their RFA years, right? They'd yeah. be ending probably soon. They would soon be UFAs. 
And uh, and then Jano and Trennan would be on their kind of like big UFA contracts, which they'll get probably in the next couple of years. Um, and assuming that the Nashville wants to have that same identity and assuming John Hines is still in town, like they're probably going to be there too. So like those, those five forwards, I guess, often you have Tomasino glass, Janot and Trennan. I think it's pretty, pretty solid to bet that those four, five would be around. Am I, I forgetting so. anyone? Um, and, and, and by the way, let me just say this, uh, by the way, I'm pay- I, I obviously Afanasiev hasn't even played in Nashville yet. I'm, I'm making a pretty big, I don't think I'm making a pretty big jump to say he's probably going to make it into Nashville at some point in the next year or maybe two, but maybe yeah. the next year. Sure. I can see that. I, I think if I'm looking at the organizational depth and, and you have to understand here that uh, for filling in holes, we really have a lot of empty spaces still. Um, just looking down a little bit, you've got mm-hmm. guys like Luke Evangelista, yeah. uh, Zach, Zach LaRue, and uh, I think I think those on the forward side could be could make an impact at some point. Sure. Um, I know Larue's someone that a lot of people are are really looking forward to, just because uh, yeah. of his impact that he could have on the ice. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, it, it, the question there too is, you're really only seeing him play at the junior hockey level, uh, so you want to see some AHL time and and. Yeah, I think I think it's probably reasonable to to expect that of the guys we've named that have not played in Nashville yet, Larue, yeah, Evangelista, who also looks very very good at, at the junior level, Afanasiev. I would even throw um, Parsonen, who just yeah. came over in that. So that was four guys: Larue, Parsonen, Evangelista, Afanasiev. I think yeah. it's. I mean, honestly, if you if if you can even get two of those guys to make the jump. That's, mm-hmm. that's like better than the average for the Nashville Predators. So like, yeah. I think probably one of them definitely will maybe two, three would be pushing it all four making it. Probably not. I mean, and you then know. There's, and the, the other guys are like, um, you know, I, I mishmash. I don't, I don't know uh, anything about him. Really Condalik, Condalik. really don't know much about him. He's very, very like, tall. Yeah, he's very tall. And then some of the other guys that I would have assumed would get more looks this year, like Tommy Novak, I, they're probably not going to be there. So that's the forwards. Uh, let's talk about the defense. So we already know that the only person that will definitely be here is Roman Yossi. I think the rest of the defense, with one exception, could be totally new. Okay. The exception would be I wouldn't be shocked to see Jeremy Lozon still in town. Because they traded for him, they talk, they've talked about him being a part of the future. He would only be thirty by then, and I think yeah. it's probably reasonable that he would be pretty cheap. Like I don't think he's going to be too expensive to keep around. And again, if John Hines is the coach, he's probably still here because John Hines likes the big boys. So I wouldn't be shocked if Jeremy Lewis on, but like Matthias Ekholm is probably going to be gone by then. Philip Myers, I I can't imagine would last that long if he hasn't figured out to skate by figured out how to skate by now. He probably not going to. Dante Fabro, I'm just going to predict that he's going to be elsewhere. Uh, Mark Borgetsky will be retired. Alexander Carrier, maybe there's a chance. I don't know. Um, so of all the guys in Nashville right now, I think it's pretty much just Roman Yossi and maybe Jeremy Lozon that are still here. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I think you're probably say you're probably right. I mean, I think if if someone I don't know, it's <laughs> yeah, I think you probably I mean there's there's not as many spots, of course, defensively speaking. So it's yeah. you can't you can't quite <laughs> you know, you don't have as many to say like, well, this guy and this guy, but I, yeah. if you know that Yossi is going to be around, I mean, that's one sixth of the equation there. Mm -hmm. um, you, you can't, one, yeah. you can't imagine that, you know, anyone that's currently playing on the, the third pairing or, or below would be around at that point. So, um, yeah. you know, Ekholm's contract of course will expire before then. Mm -hmm. um, it makes sense. Borvieski will be retired. I, I I'm I think I you know I don't know if the writing's on the wall, but you you had you didn't see an in season extension on bidding, so um, I'm yeah, assuming they're moving on. on there. So yeah. yeah, I think you're probably right. You, you're you're what you said about Lozon makes sense too. They've mentioned him being part of the future. He's a big boy. Um, you know, I I liked what I saw out of him during the season. So and hopefully then, that'll trend in upwards. The, in in the prospect side, on the prospect side, um, I think it's probably safe to say that David Ference, assuming that he doesn't, uh, assuming that he hasn't like appeared in the NHL and just not made it yet, I think he's probably around. Maybe he's like a bottom pairing guy. Maybe he's a middle guy. Um, yeah. So he's probably there. And then, I mean, I'm really, there are a lot of really good things happening with Luke Prokop. Like, I think mm -hmm. there's some really positive. Um, he's a huge contributor on his team right now in the playoffs. And he's like, I mean, all intents, I mean, for, from everything I've seen, he's like right there and could be, could even jump any of some of these other guys, even though he's only, I guess he's 20, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, so like probably David Ference, maybe a Luke Prokop and then the rest of the rest of the defense. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I think these other guys are really more. AHL lifers, you know, Spencer Stastny, that kind of guy. I, maybe, maybe I'm misreading it, but well, I, think probably... I, I, I can tell you with pro cop. I mean, number one, he's having a hell of a night tonight. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew um, that I, it seems like every night he's like, yeah. Scoring a lot. And, and yeah, he's really good. I think I want to say two goals, two assists. Um, yeah. He's dominating. Yeah, and and honestly, you know, I think the biggest thing I knew about him coming in was that he was fairly large. He was a big guy, uh -huh. um, but you know, to see that kind of that that size of a defender really contributing to the offense that much, you know, that's I think that's what you want to see is is you know not just somebody who's big that's going to be a pylon out there, but somebody who can actually contribute on the scoring side while still playing competent defense. That's what the team's going to need. So. Um, I think he's really kind of grown into that role and I think hopefully yeah. he keeps trending that direction. But yeah, that's been one of the bigger surprises of the season was seeing him go from someone who is just kind of a big defender to someone who's contributing as well. And I, I like that a lot. So let's go ahead and put the put the defense out there. Let's just say this is the defense. Roman Yossi. Okay. And his partner is I'm just gonna say his partner's Luke Prokop. Let's just go with okay. it. All so right. his partner's Luke Prokop, he Roman Yossi, Yossi and Prokop, and then you've got David Ference and 
player X. Let's say it's a veteran oh. that they some some player they get in the next. And then on the left side at the uh, on the, the the final pairing is uh, Jeremy Lozon and player X. So like two other free agents or draft picks or whoever they get trades, whatever it is uh, that they've get they've gotten elsewhere. And that's your defense. And then the forwards are even there's obviously a lot of holes we didn't fill in there. But I think your main contributors we talked about. So um, and then the other ones, it's going to be like there's going to be some free agents that are signed. There's going to be trades that are made. Um, they're going to draft some other, maybe they, maybe they really suck less next year and they get a top draft pick and he plays, you know, and he's a forward and he plays through and he's, he's on the starting night roster. So, um, and then I, I, I touched on it briefly, Askarov and goal. I think that's like, that's almost, you could almost predict that, uh, just as accurately as Yossi, even though he's technically not signed there, the, the path for Askarov to be the starting goalie by in five years seems like solidified at this point i think so i think they've kind of laid that out i don't think it's any any secret i think it's yeah i think everyone's aware that that's probably what's going to happen maybe like he takes longer to 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 develop than they like and they they sign yossi yossi soros to like a two-year 10 million dollar deal or something like that and he's around but like i i kind of doubt it i think it would be um i think it would be askarov so all right now let's talk about the big thing who is behind the bench? Who is coaching the Nashville Predators? And then we'll talk about GM too. Uh, mine kind of my, my answer here kind of goes hand in hand. But is John Hines still in town? Is David Poyle still running the show? What do you think? Well, you know, five years down the road, um, I would say that uh, at some point, I, I assume David Poyle wants to retire and just enjoy being retired and. You know, he's had a very successful career. Maybe, maybe within the next uh, couple of years, maybe maybe he gets the uh, jewel in his crown, if you will, of a, of a Stanley Cup. But um, if not, I think he can still look back on just, if nothing else, his win record with a sense of pride and and hang it up and and uh, you know, ride off into the sunset, if you will. Um, so I would assume that someone else is running the team by then. I don't know if it gets out of the family or if it stays with Brian Poyle. Um, but it would make sense that if, you know, you're not getting the type of results you want to see, um, from the team at the end of Heinz next contract that he's not around. Um, I think that a lot of that's going to depend on what David Poyle can do this and the next off season to get him the kind of players he needs. So. So just like I did with the pro cop thing, I'm just going to go ahead and make some bold predictions. Uh Oh, I think John Hines is not behind the bench in 2027. It's a different coach. And I think it's a different GM. Now I could not tell you who the GM is going to be. I think it's going to be someone not in house. I think it's going to be not, maybe not a clean sweep, but I, I bet I wouldn't be surprised if there's no poils, in the front office at all. And that would cause pretty much a total new coaching staff, right? So it'd be a brand new coaching staff. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm about to describe uh, ancient hieroglyphics <laughs> to you or something. No, um, that's just so, your, your hot yeah, take and I'm excited. It's hard to believe that this could be a, the, the reality. Uh, all right. So, so there's the, Brand, there's a brand new front office, new GM, new assistant GM, all that stuff. 
And I would like to make this prediction. What if this happens? The Predators hire the third ever European NHL head coach. And his name is Ricard Gronberg. Okay. I've actually talked about him on a podcast before, back in the Predcast days. I believe it came up. Um, Dan, Dan Bradley is one of the first ones to mention um, Ricard Gronberg. So, so Gronberg, very successful Swedish national team head coach, yep. three gold medals with the um, with the Swedish national team. Um, very, very strong uh, communicator. He, he, I think he actually has technical. He has dual citizenship. I think he's um, a, a American and sw- Swedish uh, dual nationality. Whatever it is, dual citizenship. Wow. He's coached in North America for uh, many years, um, many teams, I guess. Um, and to be honest, I was actually shocked when I found out that there were only there's only been two other European NHL head coaches. It's only happened twice. It, two two teams hired uh, two different guys in uh, back in like 2000, like 20 years ago. Hmm. They lasted a couple years, didn't do anything, and then um, actually one of them went to the Eastern Conference Final. But anyways. I was shocked to hear that, but then I also, it also kind of makes sense. I mean, first of all, the good old boys club that Canadians, Canadian and American coaches have just kind of milled around the same coaching trees have been yeah. bounced back and forth for many years now. Um, but what if the predators broke the mold, signed a, or hired a European head coach, Ricard Gronberg, very successful Great communicator. And I read a very interesting article about European coaches Hmm. um, from the hockey news and uh, about Ricard Grunberg and actually former Nashville Predator Ole Jokinen, who is also coaching, saying that there could be a movement coming up of European NHL head coaches because it's it's no longer about like language barrier and there's no longer really a cultural barrier with with the. Westernization of so much of Europe, anyways, um, spe- specifically the Canadian Scandinavian teams or countries. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked. That, I, and I think that would be a great move. I think Grunberg would have been a, a weird hire right now, but by then, I could see it. I could see the world changing and, and the NHL world changing. Maybe, maybe he's not even the the third ever. Maybe he's like the sixth yeah. or seventh. Maybe they've already yeah. they're just jumping onto the trend by that time. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I like the way you're thinking and I like the way you're talking, but if if you were expecting them to be the next team to hire a European coach, right, you're probably not really thinking about the yeah, predators. That's true. Yeah, they're probably they, gonna jump on the trend rather than yeah. set it. Yeah. They'll probably be, yeah, sixth, seventh, one. Although if, if, I, I think that he's a pretty like he's he his name comes up a lot. I mean, in a lot of coaching yeah. searches, that name comes up a lot. So like I wouldn't be shocked if some other team gets him first. Maybe he go. Maybe he gets hired by the I don't know Red Wings, and it doesn't work out, and then uh, he gets fired there. <laughs> so and and so then because the, the other thing is like with a lot of head coaches, you know, there's this like not only the good old boy system, but there's like prove it. You got to prove your you got to prove it first and prove that you're a good coach in the minor leagues first and all that stuff. And maybe he doesn't do that. So. All right, let's talk about the other side of it. What does Bridgestone Arena or the downtown scene or any of that look like in five years? What do you think? Um, 
Okay, so let's let's talk about Bridgestone. Um, I just want to I just want to get this out there um, just before we talk about anything else because this is only going to matter to a very small group of people, right? Mm-hmm. But I also want everybody listening to understand what we're talking about when we say this. I think I think on opening night, twenty twenty seven, there will be an actual press box in Bridgestone arena. Um, bold prediction. That's a bold prediction. Um, last time we, we had a chance to talk to Sean Henry. Um, he seemed like he was supportive of the idea, wanted it to happen. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you have to understand, and I'm again, select group of people, but if you're listening right now, there's, there's a few rows, um, up top that just, have a little working space in front of it with a folding chair. You mm-hmm. do have a, if you wanted to plug your laptop in to the internet, you can still do that directly um, with a, with a cable. If you have one, if your computer is old enough that it can still do that, that's still an option. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. You can, you have power too. Um, it's really nice that you can plug in and have power. And uh, even the, the work areas, the little surfaces, they do have some holes in them you can push your cords down through, which is a really nice feature. Um, but that's about the extent of it. And the just lights... Think, think like the seats at Bridgestone Arena, but just with tables over top of them. Yeah. And it's it's like, you know, 1970s kitchen counter. It's it's not, you know, we're not looking at... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's really nice to work from that area, but... Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, usually wherever I'm sitting, the light above me doesn't work. I don't know why that is. I don't know if they're like, hey, let's turn it off on Sean. That would be <laughs> cool. Um, but it's fine. My computer is backlit, so I can see it just fine. I don't have any trouble at all. But it, I'll say this, is that when you have media visiting from other teams, uh, a lot of them are kind of like, wow, okay, this is interesting. So one other thing about working in the uh, in the press box, and I, I hope you're right that in five years that there's better a better an actual press box. I also hope that there's better chairs that are maybe more comfortable. <laughs> and you know what would be even better? Tell me, is if they were if they were zero gravity chairs. Whoa! Yeah, I mean, where all, where could they go to get that hooked all up? All they would have to do is all they'd have to do is go to relax the back in Green Hills, right there, 2020 Glen Echo Road. Walk in there, go check out those chairs and say, you know what, these would look perfect in our brand new Sean T. Smith press (laughs) press box. They're going to name it in your honor for uh, for, for whatever reason. I don't know. It's terrible. (laughs) Let's be honest. It'll probably be the Pete Weber press box. But yeah. so it'll be the Pete Weber press box and there'll be the Sean C. Smith uh, lounge area. <laughs> and so all they'd have to do is go to relax the back and check out the um, the zero gravity chairs, which they have many options available. Some that are just like kind of um, maybe more simplified and then some that are um, electric that can go back automatically. And then they also have a lot of stuff to take care of your back and your body and your pain issues for when you sleep. 
uh, where you work and just general and, and generally in your life. So if you want to work better, live better, feel better every day, you got to check out Relax the Back, the perfect place, customized curve, sorry, customized comfort when you sleep, work, or just relax at home. Like I said, zero gravity chairs. If you've got massage chairs, they've got great bed options or mattress options, pillow options. Uh, you've just got to go check out the store. A sleep agent is on hand every day to help figure out how you can sleep better and resolve any pain issues. Go to 20, like I said, 2020 Glen Echo Road. That's the address in Green Hills. Got to go walk into the store. Uh, learn about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy work, healthy body, and healthy mind. So once they figured out the chairs, once they figured out the uh, the press box, what else is different about Bridgestone Arena? So the, the, all the rage right now, if you if you hang if you're into downtown Nashville, you know you've got all of the uh, all of the bars and nightclubs owned by country artists and also Kid Rock. Um, you know it that's the big thing is to have a, your own. I'm going to have my own bar. Um, okay, and I, yeah, I think I like where this is going. I think, well, you already have Pete and Terry's Tavern, but the other big thing is rooftops and, and rooftops are all the rage right now. Uh. I don't see that changing at any point. Um, I had an opportunity to go to a rooftop event last night, but it started after bedtime. So I didn't go, but man, am I kind of regretting not going because it would have been a fun experience. However, mm -hmm. I will say this, I feel like the Predators uh, are going to want to do something where they have a rooftop included with the arena. Um, something you can access, I would say, maybe at the old uh, smoking area up there at the top level. Would yeah. They would just turn that into a, a really awesome kind of, uh, you know, maybe have some of those cool igloos up there or something like that through, so mm -hmm. it can be active through the winter months. Uh, just to kind of bring that, that downtown element to the arena. Um, and maybe even you know, kind of connect it and through maybe a skyway or something to, uh, you know, a different type of, of space where there are restaurants and entertainment options as well. I think you could be onto something. Um, I almost wonder if you've had some inside information there. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the rooftop thing, I, I think that's actually one of the part, one of the trends of downtown Nashville that I'm, actually on board with yeah like of all the things that are all of all the awful things that happen downtown the rooftop stuff is fun i mean like that yep. that makes it feel it makes the city come together a little bit more like when you're inside yeah. one of those places it all just looks the same and it's all crowded and awful i mean not that i've been in one recently but it, it, for the most part they're all like that and they're cramped i mean you don't have a lot of you don't have a square footage but when you're out on the rooftop it feels different so i i think that would be good um I also wonder if maybe the only thing, the only thing I was thinking about Bridgestone arena is I, I don't think there's any way to increase the seat capacity. Like, I don't think they really want to do that. They think they've gotten the maximum out of it, but I kind of wonder if like, they're going to, if they're going to mess around with angles at all, like change, mm. re redo some seats to where, um, Okay, it sounds sounds silly to say take seats out. I mean, they're not going to do that. But there are a lot of seats where it's like you're very crowded in there, and yeah. the angle of the ice is not really great for for that. And especially in the upper bowl, like there seems yeah. like there's a lot of stuff where you can't really see great. Um, maybe they maybe they shift some seats around. Maybe increase the seat size. I know that would that would knock seat 
totals down, but maybe they can increase elsewhere if they're changing some angles around. I don't know. It's just something to think about. Well, I, I, you know what else I'd like to see too? I, and I know what you mean about the angles. I've been in a few seats up there at the top where you're kind of, you know, you have to kind of crane your neck awkwardly to see the action. But I'd like to see a bigger variety of food options up in the upper bowl. I think it would be nice to have a little more than just here's your concession stand, here's what you get. And maybe I think I think with the amount of time, I think hockey is kind of the unique sport where you have those two big intermission periods that it's worth walking, you know, all the way around the arena or halfway around the arena to get to the food you want to have. I know there's plenty of cool stuff down uh, on the first level, but that upper bowl region, it kind of leaves a little bit to be desired. I think that's something they could improve on. Anything else in terms of the arena or, or, or how about let's, let's move to this. Let's talk about the vibe of the team. Do you oh. think that the vibe of the team is better or worse than it is right now in five years? When you say the vibe, you know, like the, how the players are getting along or the vibe around the team I, with like fans. Let's talk about the fan base. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you hope it's better. <laughs> you always hope it's better, right? You don't want it to be worse. I think it's probably better. I, I think um, what can happen in five years? I mean, all right, it's been five years since the cup run, right? And a lot has changed. Right. I think that you could have in five years a reshaping of the expectation of this team. Okay. So even yeah. if they don't win a cup or if they don't even go to the cup final or anything like that, the expectations probably shifted somewhat because then by then it will have been 10 years since the cup final run. And yeah. the fan base has probably turned over quite a bit since then. And yeah. I bet, I bet, I bet the vibe is probably like hopeful again. And, and maybe, maybe even vibrant with young people who are into hockey and, and it's less about, you know, not meeting the expectations and it's more about just being a, being a quality competitive team. And, yeah. and, and people are okay with that. Not, not, not that they're not now, but that, that people are, are okay with that. Well, I, I think, you know, I've, I've watched at my, at my high school um, where I work, you know, there's, there's a hockey team and you've kind of seen a steady increase and an interest in the hockey team and players on the hockey team. And you look at five years from now, those kids specifically are, are in their early twenties. You know, they, they yeah. may live downtown. They may want to go to hockey games. My daughter will be, dear God, she'll be 17. Oh man. Yeah, I'm gonna get <laughs> sad, but yeah. you know she like she loves going to hockey games. My son will be 12; he loves going to hockey games. You know, my, you're looking. My daughter at, will be a teen. My daughter will be. Wait, are you a teenager when you first when you turn 10 or when you turn? What's 13, the, what's the man. 13. Okay, 13. Sorry. Oh man. Okay, so it's 10. All right, she'll be she'll yeah. be 10, which is crazy, but yeah. Anyways, she'll she'll be a, a preteen or a there you go, yeah, tween. Oh. Yeah. Either way, you know, the, the fact of the matter is you're looking at that, that shift in, okay, the team has now been here for 30 years. And so mm -hmm. you have another generation of fans coming to maturity that yeah. can elect to go to games on their own, as opposed to relying on their parents or their mm -hmm. grandparents to take them. Um, yeah. So I think you will see, you know, that natural kind of growth of the fan base and having 
grown up and experienced in your childhood things like the cup run and disappointment afterwards and president's trophies and even some rough years, I think I think you'll have, you know, fans who are a little more willing to deal with the uh, highs and lows. So um, I think that's a good that's a good way to look at it. I think that would be yeah. a really positive thing. Sounds good. Awesome. I like we it. We figured it out. We, 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 we've glimpsed into the future. We've read the tarot cards. We've rubbed the crystal ball. We've relaxed the back. We've, <laughs> we've relaxed the back. Feels and so uh, we've seen into the future. We know who's going to be on the team, or at least most yep. of the people who are going to be on the team. We know who may or may not be coaching. We know uh, what the general, generally speaking, who's uh, what's what's the vibe of the team going to be. Sounds good. Hey, uh, one other I've, thing. Go ahead. We're we're forgetting this, and I think that it's one thing that we should all be looking forward to, and that is Pecorino statue. That will be up by then, right? Yep, it should be. When is that going up? I thought it was. I don't know. I don't by know. then. Yeah, by then it'll be there. So there you go. All right, sounds good. We'll be back next week. Um, probably something similar to this. We don't have a lot to talk about, but we'll find something. You can check out all of our hockey coverage at agencysports.com. Go also to onthefourcheck.com as well. Follow me on Twitter at alexdoherty1. Follow Sean on Twitter at scsotf. We'll see you next week, everybody. 